The views, opinions, and accounts expressed on Card Wars are those of the hosts and do not necessarily reflect the Extra Points Podcast Network. Welcome to Card Wars. Here are your hosts, Paul LaDuca and Caleb Keller. Ah, yes, indeed. We are back. I am Caleb, and he is Paul, and we are spending Cousin Sal's money, 10000 large for the four-time Major League All-Star, along with myself. We are well over halfway home, Paul. We've got the Nationals penciled in. We are less than two months away, and we've yes. finally got some meaningful sporting events for the card world. You know, March Madness was fun. Doesn't have a play on cards. The Masters was fun. The PGA doesn't have much of a play on the cards. But here we are with the NBA playoffs, ready to see if the needle's starting to move for our purchases. That is true. I mean, the, the time now is I think a lot of people are buying um, playoff people. Uh, obviously, Luka um, in danger after going up 2-0. Uh, and now the Clippers coming back. Obviously, LeBron cards. Um they're stalwarts, but they're, you know, hedging on whether they can come back and beat Phoenix. Um, and also getting a boost are, are guys like Trey Young because you're going to get to see them for another another round. So the more you see guys that, that are younger, um, that are guys that are up and coming, um, guys that are sought out basically um, as investments, the more you see them in the playoffs, the more their, their value is going to go up, bottom line. Are you feeling the gambling sweats at all? You got a lot of LeBron and Jimmy Butler right now. This hasn't been a great playoff for you. Yeah, I know, right? I invested in Jimmy Butler. That didn't really work out, but that's not going to be a problem. My, my thing about Jimmy is Jimmy could be a long-term thing, even if I don't sell these right now. But I think Jimmy's one of those guys that eventually he's going to go to a team where, you know what, I'm going to win a championship. I deserve it. I'm a good player. Uh, he hasn't really sold out, gone to any of those teams, went to the Heat, almost got it done last year. Um, Milwaukee put it to them this year. That's just the bottom line. They're going to have to make some adjustments, whether they want to commit to hero or not. Um, and Jimmy's going to have to make a decision or not, whether he wants to stay in Miami and whether he wants to seek a championship. If he seeks a championship, I think those cards will go up, but, um, regardless or not, I'll probably put him 70, 30 hall of fame. Where would you put him, Caleb? I mean, he's got, he's got to prove a little bit more. I think he's on the cusp. I think that he could stay there. A little bit longer, but more importantly for, for guys that are moving on, like I, I was impressed really like most with the Bucks. I think Charles Barkley, you know, pre- predicted a sweep. There were some sharp handicappers out there that kind of saw that the Bucks were a new team. I mean, we're two months in to buying cards here and I hadn't bought one Giannis. You know, I kind of looked at him like I was seeing through him in the playoffs and he can't make the free throws. But, you know, Drew Holiday, P.J. Tucker, they got the pieces that they really needed. And yeah. they're coming back on fire from last year, the upset and the disappointment. But Man, that was a different-looking team from, from 12 months ago. Well, I think you, you said two guys that were very, very key, Drew Holiday and P.J. Tucker. Drew Holiday brings them that, that offense that they need whenever Giannis struggles a little bit, and Chris Middleton. It's hard for all three of those guys to struggle at one time. But P.J. Tucker was the heart and soul of those Houston teams. He was the guy that would hit the corner threes, but he was also the guy that guarded their you know most prolific guy on the other side. He was also very the tough guy, sort of the garbage guy, pale guy, keeps things alive. And those kind of guys are winning players. I think Milwaukee needed that. Um, they got that. Middleton hit that big shot um, to beat Jimmy in game one. And I think that sort of knocked 
Miami out, but Milwaukee, you're right, could be moving forward. The issue, again, is going to be Giannis hitting his free throws. If he's able to hit his free throws, have a little bit of a blow with uh, DiVincenzo, him being out, but um, if Giannis can hit his free throws late in games to close out games, they're going to be tough. On the subject, I'm going to get right into my pickup of the week here. for Gian- Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm making up on lost time for not having Giannis in my collection. And look, the rookie cards are overpriced. You know, the prisms that you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you could get to a hoops or, or uh, what was it a pinnacle uh, a set they don't even make anymore. But how about a, a specific parallel in the prism set that I've loved going back to last year? They're very rare, but they're not numbered. They're okay. the green cracked ice. And they're only sold in retails, kind of like your orange cracked ice. Okay. So I uh, look for the Giannis this year. He's got a really fun pose. He's, he's like a high angle, and he's going for a dunk in the 2021 set. Last year was a boring prism image. He's, like, got the ball. He's, like, going to right, pass it to a guard to come up the court. Like, there wasn't any action in, in last year's shot. So these things are super rare. There's only five of them on eBay, and one of them was an auction and ended up – not taking it back. I was queuing one as an auction, but I went for a buy it now, and I talked the guy into an $85 deal. So the thing landed for basically about 100 What was it? 98-28, exactly. But the Giannis Green cracked ice. I think that it's super rare. The team colors, he's shattering a windshield coming through for the dunk. Love it. It's going to look beautiful. It's going to look beautiful. We'll explain why. My pickup of the week is going to be Luka Doncic. And, yes, I did get excited when they were up 2-0. But I got in the centrals. Um, there, were, there was one for 130 uh, on eBay, and it, I offered the guy 100. He denied it. And then I won an auction for 89. I really love the card. Uh, I think it's going to grade out very nicely. And speaking of colorful cards, HGA, one of, uh, of the newer, greater companies out there that uh, a lot of people have heard about with their slabs. Um, talked to one of their head people, Amanda, who is absolutely just an absolutely great person. Big Braves fan, although she's from Detroit. Not many Detroit people come out, but she's an Army brat. She was telling me she's a giant Braves fan. Um, um, HGA is now going to be the official um, Grady company of Card Wars. So we, Caleb and I have already submitted a couple cards here and there, just like the public, and we're going to try to get as many as we can um, and at least done um, by nationals and then sell some of the, of the cards, obviously, um, slabbed because we got a ton. Um, and also, uh, I was just talking to Amanda. They're going to take submissions. I know PSA has taken submissions, but they're actually taking submissions, Caleb, of just regular, regular prices. If you want to bling them out, go on their um, website, HGA. Dot com. Uh, you and I have gone on their website a couple of times. You can bling them out. You can take your submissions just like anybody else. And they're regular prices. I'm not trying to bang anybody out. So um, they take the submissions and then they'll get them back to, to you within a certain time. So, um, yeah, happy to be a part of the HGA family. And you and I are, are pumped to send some more cards in. We, we could only send a little bit in now and we're pumped to send in our next batch whenever we can. You might be the spokesman for the podcast, but not for the not for the uh, AT or the uh, the website addresses because it's hybrid grading. Hybridgrading.com. I'm telling you, HGA.com takes you to some random website. That's what I said, right? What did I say? Hybridgrading.com for HGA. But look, here's the deal. In this game that we're in right now, card wars and in sports card investing, you're you're a talent scout. You're looking for the players on the rise that are in the right situations, that have the right fan appeal to come up. Well, also and we we did a full episode on the hybrid grading approach. I think it was like our third episode that we ever did. And we and you were trying to find a way to increase the value of our stack and 
these PSA shutting down. It just came out today. Beckett's shutting down for a while. Mm-hmm. SGC had a little run, but they couldn't live up to their promises that they made. And then me and you found this HGA, this new grading company. Slabs look beautiful. They they're they're at the cutting edge. You know, it's it's a high resolution scan as opposed to a grader having a good or a bad day. Yeah, sure. Back. You know, everybody yeah. goes to these restaurants now, and you pull out your phone with that little square identifier, and then it brings you to the menu. You turn over the back of an HGA slab, boom, you're right there into the information, the pop report. And just, they're doing it the right way. The way they're making their submissions, they're purposely getting to the point where they can't get flooded like every single grading company has been. So in terms of a talent scout, I think that we have found the top new talent in the grading game. There's more popping up, but me and you, HGA, we found them a good long a month ago at the beginning of this podcast, and we're ready to partner with them. No, definitely. What did I say wrong? HGA.com. HG what? hga.com it's hypergrading.com it's hypergrading.com i apologize um yeah i'm with you uh the slabs are phenomenal um especially if you have a monster card you want to bling it out uh, especially with like all these prism cards green hollow silvers all that it can make it look special um check out some of the pat tillman cards with the american flag those are really cool cards um i did just do it right and the thing i like about them too is they're not generous with a lot of companies giving out a lot of tens. They do give out tens, um, but a lot of nine and a halves are very, very tough to find too. Very a tough grading company. Um, I like that about them. And like you said, um, based out of Knoxville, Tennessee, um, they're getting swamped, but they're doing it the right way where they're giving everybody a chance in the public from boom, 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 not taking different submissions or raising the prices, this and that keeping the prices the same and you go on, you go on, go on. And um, listen, they're taking a ton of submissions too. They've been swamped. Um, but I think they're a great company, like you said, on the rise and we can be happier to be a part of their team. So, And one of the key things that we saw as we would go to eBay and look at these ending sales prices for HGA slabs is that a few players that were doing really well were LaMelo and Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. and Justin Herbert. And then you realize, okay, these are our ultra modern guys. We're talking within the last year that they don't have the greater products out. You know, exactly. a couple guys that rushed a LaMelo silver to PSA for 200 bucks and got their 10 or nine back. But it, as a whole, they, they don't exist. And people want to get in to these newest last year stars. And that that's the crease in the market that is really begging for slabs at the nationals. And we're bringing them. No, that's true. Because when you look at guys like LaMelo, if they've ever been graded, they've been graded by companies that are just not the quality of H- HGA. It's just the bottom line. And you can even look on eBay with the comps as well. If if they're graded very, very high um, by HGA, they, they sell. It's just the bottom line. And like I said, you can choose out your slabs too as well when you get your submissions at the uh, national show too. So, um I'm excited. I got a couple of LeBron cards. Hopefully they can come back <laughs> where I can put the American flag on them. Mm-hmm. I'm rooting. And, and listen, if you have a Jeter card, what's going to look better than a nice Jeter card that's like with pinstripes on it? I mean, that'd be a cool card to get graded if you have a rookie Jeter, no? Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I realized that watching this year's playoffs and being in the card game for a good year and a half now and thinking back to some, some parts of the, of the market have dipped, a lot of it has. Um, But at the same time, what specifically kind of went wrong in that time? And I said, last year, when everybody's trying to pick their prospect within the draft class, you you realize that once the playoffs come around, first of all, of course, not all of them made it to the playoffs, but the ones that did, like the guys were investing in, you know, um, you know, let's say how much is is, um, Nikhil Alexander-Walker playing at the end of the year? 
Goga Batadze got into the playoffs. How much yeah. is he playing? Tyler Hero, you know, he got some run last year. Romeo Langford played a little bit. Rui Hachimura, guys like Rui, you know, he's making some dunks, but he's not out there making an impact. Well, he actually, yeah, he finally made a big three. They won a game, but I'm with you. Go ahead, keep going. I just think that, you know, you realize that it, it's how special a guy like John Morant is to be an ultra modern well, or a Luca and be playing. These other guys aren't getting run. Like either you can play and you're a star that you're playing, you're Luca, you're Trey, you're John Moran. Yeah, you're right. You're, right. you're, right. you're a lottery pick. These guys aren't getting the run that people were investing and in buying hundreds of their prisms and, and hoping that would be the guy in five years. Some of these guys are going to puff up, but nobody's going to get back the returns on their mid-level prospects from the draft that they graded. They're going to get back a bunch of nines and realize these guys are playing eight to 12 minutes if they made the playoffs. And you realize, man, the prospecting time of the prism is just not going to pay off for the deeper prospects. You're right. You're right. You got, you got Luca who's a little overpriced. Okay. Then you got, you go with jaw, you got, um, you got Trey, um, you got jaw. Um, who am I? Zion. To? You, know, you got, Zion, you got Zion. Um, you got LaMelo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I might be missing some other, some other guys, but you're right. Those are your stalwarts. When you look through and you want to try to buy some of their cards, they're, if you're going to find them um, dead centered and cards that are going to grade out great, you're going to have to pay um, because they show up when it comes playoff time. John Morant's not going anywhere. To me, he's the more of a long investment guy because I think he needs to develop his shot. The Atlanta Hawks a little bit on the rise. Trey Young's the kind of guy that can score is a floater guy. Can he stay healthy? Which he has. Luca's a guy that's already been a stalwart, and he, he, it's hard for him to hard for you to find any of his cards. Um, so who is the next wave of guys that really can make that impact? It's really hard to say because you have a guy like you know John Morant, then you have Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks and. Um, the kid that I was telling you about today, Johnson Jr., like, uh, says so his name Jackson Jr., right? Mm-hmm. Jaren Jackson, uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you, which guy do you invest in in those guys? Because you don't know which guy's going to take off. Then you head to Atlanta. Do you invest in Bogdanovich? Is he really worth that much money? Capella's really whatever. So Trey Young's sort of the guy, but he also plays – in Atlanta, a lot of people thought Emmanuel quickly. Then Emmanuel quickly didn't get the run. You talked about Tyler Hero had a monster bubble and was getting like almost 14 minutes a game this year during the playoffs. So it's really hard to tell about those sort of fringe guys, but it's not hard to tell about Ja mm-hmm. and the Stallworth guys. Like cool. you said, Zion and all those guys, they're not going to go down. They're sort of like watches in art. They're going to stay the same. And, uh, you know, just not to belabor the point, but, you know, a guy posted that he finally got back, back from PSA. This is a pretty, you know, pretty sharp uh, collector out there and investor. You know, he got a bunch of uh, Mufondu Kabangali back. I mean, a big guy from Florida State that was a late round draft pick, like, what was he, 27th? And he's on the Clippers. The guy's that had a decent take on it. Maybe he'll get some run, but he's just not. And, and that whole delivery isn't worth, you know, Keldon Johnson, uh, these guys that, you know, you drew your line in the sand. I, I bought a bunch of Sekou Deboya. You know, that guy, he didn't do much at all in his second Too much, yeah. It what is, about Matt? Did Maxi give you any run? Is he's giving you some run, right? Who was that? Uh, Maxi. So he was. Um, he's this year. I had some Matisse Thibel. We'll see. No Thibel. Is he yeah. giving you any run? We'll see. I mean, the the seventy six are going to keep going. He he hasn't made too much of an impact, but as the games slow down and get more important, I think that he's going to have a 
a game where he can eclipse a $25 okay. purchase on his silver in a nine. Okay. So let's transition. I know we've been talking a lot of uh, basketball and, and like we said, <clears throat> happy to be uh, partnered with Amanda and HGA um, football. What do you, football. what do you make of these new cards out the scorecards of Trevor Lawrence and all the guys out the base cards do you invest in these cards now? Do you sit on these guys? What do you do with a lot of these guys? All I know is that scrolling through TikTok, I saw uh, I saw it was actually a kid pulled out a score, which scores are whatever. They're in college duties. I never buy a score. But this kid pulled out the Trevor Lawrence autograph. I think it was numbered to 35, and he pulled the number 16. Are you serious? <laughs> Good for him. Good so, for him. Yeah. No, I mean, score, you got to wait on. Look, everybody is realizing that they printed a bunch of select this year. I'm fine with that. I love the select. When I went to the Knights of Columbus, whatever, give me a $30 pack of select. You know you're going to get a Jordan Love rookie, which I did, a base. I mean, cool Yeah, but what are you going to do with that? He's not going to get off the practice squad. The, Let's go. Brady, there was a Brady Silver in it. I think that the selects are printed very well. They're printed much better than the Prism. And I know that select was the overproduced retail deal this year, but I'm cool with it. I think that the Silvers look great. I think it's a good rookie class. You know, in five years, you're going to love to dig back through a select box and find your two uh, or two <sighs> You know, I just I really like the product, even if they printed a zillion of them. Okay, get it. You're still living on Tua. You're still living on Tua. You're, you're telling you're telling me they're taking the chains off of Tua this year. Okay, now listen to this. Go back and uh, okay, because uh, of the four guys, you got Herbert, you got Herbert, you got yes. Burrow, you got um, Tua and Love. And, no, and no, you got you got no. Where's Tua at on the chain? He's like the fourth, third, or fourth. Guy, as in, like, investment-wise, if you wanted to buy. Because Herbert and, obviously, what's my call in front of them, right? Yep. I'd say third. I would say third. I, so, think, I think Herbert's bound to come down. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm in agreement with you. But then, again, it's like, like if I had Herberts that were a monster, I would sell them. Um, because, I don't know, I, how can you have a better year? But maybe the kid is that for real. You don't know. You, you But it's a chance that you take, obviously. So, Two is a guy that I think a lot of people don't believe in, but the Dolphins do, and you do. Well, okay, rewind to the beginning of last year when the when the Dolphins started. I believe Flores, the coach, is just starting. Their first game, they lost like fifty nine to seven to the mm-hmm. Ravens, and then this next week, they lost like forty one to nothing to the Patriots. And they were talking about the players giving up on the team already, and it was, a, it was a fire. But by the end of the year. The Dolphins got rolling two years ago. They basically ended Brady's chances for home field with Fitzpatrick. They started winning these games they weren't supposed to. And then into this year, they were very strong, cusp of a playoff. The first game that Tua went out there and played, he was playing the Rams. They crushed the Rams. I mean, they were killing them at halftime. And I just feel like Fitzpatrick's gone, and Flores is a defensive guy. Now he's ready to actually let him throw. Do they have a lot of weapons? That's what makes them being good in the last two years even more impressive in my mind. And I don't know. I just – I think Herbert's bound to come down because Herbert was in a honeymoon phase. They didn't care that the team was bad. You mentioned the point, which I thought was very, very uh, on on brand for for making sense, was they're playing from behind. He's putting up stats. And if Kyler took a drop, same thing, West Coast quarterback. I get it. team makes stats. Second year they pull back because you don't get the results. So Herbert's coming backwards. Burrow and two are moving forward next year. You can get Indianapolis in that division. You get the Broncos are going to be a a little bit better in that division. Yeah, I could see him taking a step back. And so you got Tua, if they take the chains off him and let him throw the ball down the field, we'll see what happens. If he dink and dunks, I don't know. That's why, that's why I thought, like, 
I think he still reached back. Of those guys, I think Burrow is the man. But again, where's Cincinnati going to go? Where's their ceiling? Um, does it matter? Does he put up monster numbers? He needs to stay healthy. That's why I think Josh Allen is a guy that you sort of stick with because he's somewhat still cheap. He's not over expensive. Um, and I think with Roethlisberger towards the end of his career, regardless what shape he comes into, that the Bills are going to rule that division for a while and he's going to put up stats for a long time. So I think he's still a decent investment guy because his cars aren't crazy. Because the thing that was going to happen is you look at it this way. You got Mac Jones, you got uh, Zach Wilson, you got Trevor Lawrence, uh, you got Trey Lance, who you like. Uh, I know I'm missing somebody in there. Um, you got five guys. How many of them are going to hit? So you got to take your chance. You like Trey Lance? You're going to invest in Trey Lance? Is it going to be a long-term thing? Is he going to have to sit behind Jimmy? Is he going to play? So is Mac Jones going to play off the bat or is he a sit guy? Trevor Lawrence, we know, is going to play off the bat, but are his cards going to be overpriced? There's a lot of things you need to put into process into a lot of this stuff. And I think grading these guys to have them ready for the season, there's going to be a good run-up after NBA dust clears. People are going to start thinking ahead to football season. And one other guy from that draft class, I know this is a homer pick, but look, sometimes if you follow your team, you know, you feel like you should have the insight. Don't give me uh, appendix. But this guy, Jacob Eason. For the Colts, for a couple of okay, reasons. Okay, okay, I like it. A couple of reasons. You know, he was a high enough prospect to go to Georgia, but he wasn't going to get ahead of Justin Fields and Jake Fromm, so he went back to Washington. And you look at his his last year at Washington, same year as Herbert's last year, same conference, and they put up very similar numbers. Completion percentage, touchdowns, this and that. Big, strong arm. I've seen him in practice throwing at 60, and they purposely held him back. Like, you know, Mahomes sat out, Rodgers sat out a couple of years, these good cubic Garoppolo so they purposely sat him out with a smart team. They got rid of Jacoby Brissett, and now in comes Carson Wentz. Now, there's two reasons why Easton could hit the field. Number one, injury. The guy's been injury prone. And number two, there's a clause in the contract with that trade with the Eagles and the Colts that if Wentz plays over 75% of the snaps, it, it's a first-round pick that the Eagles okay. get. If okay. it's less, it's a second. So by week 12, they hopefully he's still upright, but they got to make a choice. And – when let's say Eason, if he trots out on the field, there's one example that if you invested in him, you could sell a portion of your stack when he takes the field because they're going to boost. When Mason Rudolph, the QB for the Steelers, when Rudolph hit the field, when Big Ben went down on a Thursday night, his when Miles Garrett hit him over the head with a freaking helmet, his cars went up, his cars exploded. <laughs> so, this guy's going to hit the field at some point, Jacob Eason. And when that does, you could sell 25% of your stack hopefully get 50% and then sit on the rest and hope that he really is. Okay, so, so let me ask you a quick question. So what do you do with the Jake Fromm? He's not going to see the field no. if Josh Allen doesn't get Not hurt. sexy at all. Okay, not, okay, team, not sexy. Yeah. Okay, but does Buffalo make a move and move Jake Fromm if somebody gets hurt? Is he a guy that can I, be moved? I think that, I think Fromm, I, I did, that was pretty awesome that as a freshman, a true freshman, he almost beat Alabama in the title game. At okay. the same time, I think that he is looking like a, uh, uh, a backup, you know, because even Georgia protected him a little bit. They gave it to Sony Michelle. They gave it to Nick Chubb. He made the smart plays. He managed. I don't see him okay. as a slinger, especially with Allen in front of him. So I have a. I liked him in college, but not so much in. The so NFL. you're stick. So right now you're sticking with Trey Lance. Yes. Okay, For sticking with Trey Lance, and then. Bridgewater, anybody else, anybody sneaky that you think might have a good year? My guy's going to be Jerry Judy. I know that wide receivers don't really sell. And Cortland Sutton, if he can come back. I think Denver's the sneaky team. 
I thought last year they were, and I was, you know, they, they were. Yeah, quite, yeah, quite Drew, Drew locks a gunslinger. He makes sure. too many mistakes. You know, some, some. I, I think if you dig back a little bit, when you get to the 2012 QBs or 2013 that range, like there wasn't as much of a market for Garoppolo when he was hot in the Super Bowl as I thought there should have been. Okay. Same thing with Bridgewater. Whenever he hits his time, and just that was a period of time. Devontae Adams that. That 2010 to 2014, when these card companies were realigning, even uh, Odell Beckham, like, you know, some of these cards, I feel like should go higher than the modern, but people have been so used to collecting the modern last two, three years, they pay up for those and kind of ignore the 12, 13. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Speaking of Odell Beckham, what do you do with Baker Mayfield? Where do you stand on him? Like the prospects. I I really do. Okay. And he's affordable now. So... Another guy with a great running game, not far away. They were the, I guess. I mean, they they could they had they had the ball to win to win the the, the AFC. I mean, so you can argue like they're right in the mix again this year. Um, we talked about he, early in the season. He he's interesting because listen, to me, I'm a Cardinal fan, and I'm not a Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury fan. I would sell Kyler Murray. Um, you could you could tell at the end of the year he struggled a little bit. They had to bring a guy from the CFL, Chris Streveler, who actually covered when I was in CFL. But I love Kyler, but he brings that wow factor. But he's in a division with Russell Wilson, now Matthew Stafford, and now it could be Trey Lance or Jimmy Grapple. He's just in with better coaches, and I just think that they've figured him out already to keep him inside the pocket and not let him run for a lot. I think Kyler Murray, even though I'm a Cardinal fan, Caleb is a, is a kind of guy that you would, I would start selling. That'd be my opinion. We talked about it early in the season, and the the pure profit play in football is very simple. It's very basic. It's the Donruss quarterbacks. Like again, going back to my 2000 plus um, football card submission that I bought all 2,300 off eBay, and then I sent all 2,300 to Starstock. Breaking those things down clearly the best profit and also the most viable like on frequency and also on offers was, was the quarterback, even like Sam Darnold, like Sam Darnold. Okay. I bought like 25 of his and they were going for like, you can buy these in big lots too. They're yeah. in great condition. You can buy them in big lots. I was, selling, I was buying them for like 250 and just now the promise in the off season of him going to this new squad, I sold them the other day for 1350 that I had in the queue. I bought, the, I bought seven Kyler's, about, actually about 10 of them sent my seven to star stock three to PSA, but those were 10 a pop at the peak. I sold one for 65. The Josh Allen's I was buying for about 15 a pop. Those at one point got all the way up to 105. I think I actually sold all of them before I hit the absolute peak, but I got a couple to sell for 60 or 70, but I'm going to try to get to the point is you buy these lots of burrow Herbert's Herbert may, might be a little high, but these Donners, man, where you take the star stock or send them to a graded pure profit on the quarterbacks. Yeah, because they're cut well. We've talked about this so many times. It's like you're going to get a 9 or a 10 or you're going to get, especially with the star stock, you'll get A's um, more than you'll get B's just because they're just cut very well. They're white borders. Um, they're not black borders. They're easier to grade. They're solid. They're a rookie card. They're a good investment. There's something that a regular person can afford. It's not a purple refractor prism that's one out of whatever that's – some people can't afford. They want a rookie card of somebody they like. You can afford it, and if it's in good condition, and they get graded well. I'm with you. The Don Russ has done great with their product. They really have. One thing that I think attracts the young and older collectors to Don Russ is that 
They've had it for a while, but let's say within the last five to seven years, once Panini got going, it was they brought back the old rated rookie. Mm-hmm. And I'm a believer in how good is your rookie card logo look. You know, and that rated rookie on the optics and the Dodgers there at the lower quarter, I mean, that, that resonates with all collectors for the last 40 years. It has. It has. It has since Ken Griffey Jr. at 89. I know that's not the key card. The upper deck card is. But the rated rookie, um, I want to say it, it might say it on 87, but they've had it forever. It's been a stalwart. I wish they would still have Diamond Kings. Um because I know that's one of your favorites, old school, the Diamond Kings. I wish they would bring those back and then and label those. That would be totally cool because the artwork on the Diamond Kings was, was very cool. But Don Ross has done a really good job. They really have. And they've, they've hung in there. Um, obviously, um, um, like you said, their product is cut so well. So when you send it in, it gets graded well. It's hard to say if you remember what your first card was. I do vaguely remember going back to my first wow. card I ever had. Wow. Was a, was a Diamond Kings Robin Ventura. It had a kind of a bronze look to it. And it was like literally creased in the middle. Some some kid like folded this thing up and then unfolded. The biggest crease I've ever seen in a card in my life. And there was something about having that card. I don't know if I got it at a yard sale or how I, it ended up in my hands. But looking at that, that Robin Ventura, Donruss Diamonds King with the bronze, I was like, man, I got to get more of these. And I mean, <laughs> really started from there. I remember they used to have the Diamond King puzzle. Mm. A lot of people forget about that. And I remember that was one of my favorite things to do. You would get the puzzle pieces and then put the puzzle together. God, I don't even know if I've seen those around anymore, but um, the Diamond King puzzle was pretty cool. Gosh, my first card killed, man. I'm old. Um you know what? I think my first card was I obviously you know the story of me saving up for the P Rose, but uh, my my brother was a big Paul Molitor fan. Nineteen seventy eight is his rookie card. It's a four tier rookie card where it's four different prospects, and I and I bought that card. God rest my brother's soul. He was a big Molitor fan. He had them all the seventy eight and seventy nine. They were hard to find. And I want to say the seventy eight was probably the one that I wanted the most. I remember when I was in spring training, I told you I chased down his Corvette and his car and he signed, he signed a ball for me. He was cool as can be stopped about people were honking their horns and he stopped for me to sign a card. And he was just a phenomenal hitter. And I actually sort of traded myself after him because he sprayed the ball all all over the field. Um, So that was probably maybe the first card I truly remember. The first card, like I said, I saved up for was, was the, uh, was the Rose. I mowed lawns forever for that card, but it paid off because after about the sixth time going in there, my mom grabbed those boxes of 86, 87 flare basketball. She called it too. I mean, now when you picked up the Rose on layaway, he basically put it on a top shelf where he wouldn't display it and you're, you're chipping. He didn't give it to you. And then you, yeah. So you had to, and then the final payment, you got it. The final payment, you got it. I remember it was like 75 to 80 bucks. So I would pay 15 a week and then we would go in there. We'd buy some packs, buy some other cards. Like I said, I, I, I invested in guys, invested in Griffey, invested in Danny Tartable, who didn't work out, although he was on Seinfeld. We'll give it to Danny. Um, but yeah, you would put it on layaway. And like I said, when I walked out of, out of the thing, my mom just grabbed 86, 87 basketball. And I can remember they, totally. There was eight, there was 84, 85 stars sitting there and we didn't grab those. Those were in like those, I forget how they call them, those weird packets where there were three um, and they, they were hanging up. My mom grabbed the boxes and I asked them, why are you grabbing those boxes? Nobody buys basketball because no one had made basketball and she grabbed those. So mowing those lawns and keeping that on the, 
um, on, on the layaway made us a lot of money in those 86, 87 basketball. And that MSRP in 86 was $10. And there was a recent uh, sealed one that went for a quarter million. So. But uh, and, and the star cards, I know you always talk about Jimmy's White, um, Michael. And I know you can write a novel about that. But I actually was curious. I looked on eBay the other day. There's not, there's not one. <laughs> not there's one not, sold. Not one there's percent. not one sold. Because so 84, 85 star, it was two different. It was, 80, it was 83, 84 star, 84, 85 star. He has the original 84 star, which is – the first Michael Jordan card ever made. It's just bottom line is, I mean, he came into the league. Um, they made cards 80, 81, which is obviously the Larry Bird and Magic Johnson rookie card. Um, and then they didn't make cards. Tops didn't make cards. Star came out with these cards. Nobody really knew what star cards were. They were in weird, different things. They were different kind of things. And then they came out with other cards and you really couldn't find them. Olajuwon's name was Hakeem with an H. You've seen it. And then they changed to an A. And then when 86, 87 Flair came out, it sort of made it seem like, oh, those are all the guys' rookie cards. And nobody really remembered the star cards because no, no, nobody had them. So when I saw Jimmy with the, the Jordan, Caleb, it's no exaggeration. I've seen one other one. Like, they, they can't That's be one more. of the most done I've ever seen you in your, in your life. There's like... I would I would argue there's five maybe. I I don't even know how many. Like Jimmy said, he's even afraid to send it away. Let me get your thoughts on a potential one thousand dollar buy that I was. Whoa! I did the okay. math on it. I've got I've still got decent amount of my budget left that I, I I've been thinking about making a whale play. Thousand dollar buy. Thousand dollar buy. Now, the most I've spent I like spreading the wealth. That's how I, I was doing with my own collection. Like up to two hundred is usually like a good number. I bought one five hundred dollar card in my time. And then really it kind of maxes out at like 250 is where I feel good about. Yeah. I'd really get four 250 cards than $1,000 card, but here it is. It, you're talking about the white Jordan. Well, the white Kevin Durant tops is the one that is potentially gradable where you can get it in a 10. You okay. can get it in a 10, yeah, yeah. So, and I, remember, I, remember I tried to buy a lot of them way, uh, a long time ago? Now, you were looking, ones. I think, for the black ones now. Yeah, and they were really tough, yeah, yeah. So that's that's what I did when I was looking, so – the Durant white ones has kind of dipped down to about a thousand. They the uh, ones raw, raw? Up, raw? No, no, no. PSA ten. Okay. No raw. I got, I got a couple. I'll get to that in a second. But the raw had dipped down to a thousand. It was up to all the way to two thousand five hundred. And you compare that to LeBron's tops PSA ten. It got to ten all the way to a peaking thirteen thousand. Mm. And there's a that that seems like an unfair gap Durant and LeBron, especially with how these playoffs is going. So, but his black one is impossible to grade it is i mean i haven't seen one that's like it's 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 you're right so i I did the numbers on it the durant white the gym rate 22 percent. the durant black gym rate three percent what yeah so but having a chance to maybe get this white i was looking at it and then i was hoping to get it right around a thousand because it landed at a thousand with taxes and everything it get up to 1100 i feel like you could sell that for two thousand at the nationals but then the three i was looking at they kind of they they went past a thousand pretty good. And then it was going to get into like 1250 land for me to land this card. And then I'm like, eh, I mean, I kind of, I didn't want to get too much off of, yeah. of my original plan, but I, I was doing the math on the Durant. And I think that there's going to be a big opportunity on that card. Well, like I said, I tried to buy a lot of them for like 1900 a while ago. And I got outbid for them because it was, it was, it was a crapshoot because they were blacks. But if you can get one to be a 10, it's worth the whole lot, but it's, Still a crapshoot because, like you said, three percent. So three out of a hundred are graded a ten, which is 
hard to get where the white ones you're right if you can find it centered you can find it right it's it's like the don Ross. it's it's well worth the profit and like i said the way the playoffs are going if lebron gets knocked out um and then that's the way they're rolling that card's going to explode so now i'm looking at kevin durant with those tops this is like on sunday night I'm like let's see if there's any ending soon well like i have two of them in his store and they were going to end really late. I mean, it was one thirty-seven at night, Easter time, that, this, that these two landed. And he, had, he wrote mint condition on both of them. Now, I get it. Some just write that. But yeah. I looked at a store, and he didn't write mint condition on all of them. And these two looked pretty good, um, especially for these the condition of these cards. And then he had pretty positive feedback. So nobody was blowing him up. But, oh, he said this is mint condition. So at this bad listing time, the black one ended up for $79 at the door. And then the white one ended up for 62 I got them within two minutes of each other. And uh, I don't know. I think those were really poorly um, made cards. Like even the white ones have a lot of sevens out there. Eight yeah, has been great and hard, but those two, like you, if you get a nine, it's kind of like getting a little mini gem. So this guy, I kind of got high hopes for these two in, in the mail right now. Okay, cool. So you got one, even if they're graded eight or nine, you're still going to make a profit on them. So you got the Lucas status. Well, yes. What, what else is in the eBay queue this week? Um, Lucas status was in the eBay queue and I got a couple of the Luca, the crown Royals coming in. I invested a little bit in Luca. Um, and then I went and got a Zion made in Italy card. Uh, it's like a prism. Um, it's like a sticker over there. I thought it was a pretty cool card. I bought it for like 55 bucks. So just stacking up on some basketball and then I'm going to start looking and focusing on Josh Allen. You know, this is, we got an end date to this thing at, at, uh, you know, the national coming up in late July, but you know, long-term, I, I think that if we were painting the show around selling these things in five years, you know, Zion, I think is still a big time. Buy. Let me ask you about this, this guy specifically and see if this is a little bit too clever or maybe you could get behind it. You know, we've seen the rock blow up. We've seen some of these guys that, you know, they, they are making them their names in somewhat of a different ring than just being dunking the ball and making touchdowns. But the way this playoffs is going, don't you think in five years that people would want a, a, a Jim Carter, your boy Steve Nash? Um, yeah, listen, he's, he's a Hall of Famer. He's one of my favorite players. You know I got a pair of shoes signed by him. Um, I know Steve personally. He's a very, very gracious guy, very good guy. You and I ran into him in the back of a, a – Manhattan a, Beach one night. A Manhattan Beach bar, and, and, and Steve was, couldn't have been a nicer guy. Uh, I'm, I'm happy for him. Um, the fact that people thought that, uh, he shouldn't have got the job, this and that, um, you know, he, he had Mike D'Antoni by his side, who's helping him out. Obviously it was his coach in Phoenix, but, uh, you know, Steve is very, very clever, very, very good player. And I think he's finally got these guys to, you know, to mesh together, you know, he, the way they're playing now, like it's going to be really tough to beat them, especially with Anthony Davis and the Lakers banged up. You know, and he's so young that let's say provided health and goodwill from the Lord, you know, let's say let's give him a 25, 30 year career. The way he's starting with this team, who I think is going to stay together. So let me ask you a quick question. Are you starting to think that Steve Nash could be like a figure like The Rock, buy a soccer team, be something like that? He's ultra cool. He connects with these guys that are sometimes hard to gel with. He's doing it fine. Again, his entry point, kind of much like Steve Kerr you know, who just walked into a super team, but like his entry point setting him up for the next 10 years to have a, a potential dominant team. I love the fact with the D'Antoni. D'Antoni is an X's and O's guys, but Nash can be the motivation type guy. And I just yeah. feel like when I'm watching the Nets, I'm like, this team really does gel so well. And I think that they're, 
I don't want to call them misfits, but they've all been a little misguided or never been happy with where they are, and now they're happy. Yeah. And now they're balling. Now they're scoring 140-something. So one other thing about the Nets this year, when I'm watching these playoff games, you can purposely foul, I guess, up to two minutes, and then it becomes intentional. They're just fouling Simmons. They're fouling Giannis. Mm-hmm. But these guys for the Nets aren't missing. They're hitting 91%. Kyrie's not missing a free throw. Harden's 90%. So – how are these other two teams going to out free throw them? No, they're not. They're not right now. They're just steamrolling people, and it's just going to be very hard to beat the Nets. It just really is. You have to be factual about things, and it just really is. I think the Suns can give them problems because Aiton's big inside. Chris Paul is smart enough, but then how much firepower can you take? I mean, it's just one of those three guys can go for fifty any night. James Harden is turned in. You know, Durant and Kyrie Irving have the – you can see Kyrie Irving and, and, and Harden are getting along. You can see that Kyrie Irving said, okay, Durant, you bring up the ball, and he's been the playmaker. They're getting along. It's it's pretty scary, especially with Gary Harris, Blake Griffin actually dunking twice in a game. It's getting a little scary. I think Joe Harris, by the way, sharpshooter. Shout out to Gary Harris, though, in Denver. Oh, Gary Harris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gary, Gary Harris, just, sir. One thing I got to give the next credit for is the fact that they were willing to just eat a year. You know, everybody was watching TV when they saw uh, Durant's thigh or, or, or calf blow up, you know. So to bring him in and to say, look, you know, obviously we're eating this year. I mean, they still were with like the seventh seed last year with Karis LeVert. They were respectable, made it to the playoffs, I guess. But, you know, for them to just give up a season in a time where you want results right now and then to get everything and then some plus Harden. I mean, I got to give them credit for the way, the way they put this thing together. No, they did. They did it the right way. I know the way the way Harden went out in Houston is probably not the right way you want to go out, but it's 2021. That's the way things work, and they're a juggernaut right now, and they're going to be a beast to try to beat at all now in the East. And, and like with the Lakers hurting, I just don't see it happen. I think the Jazz is the only team, to be honest with you, because they have enough – inside with Gobert to protect the rim a little bit, and they have enough guys that can shoot from outside. That's the only team to me, Caleb. I mean, so sometimes when when the games are up on the app, I'll take a look and I'll kind of guess what the line is. So I'm going through a couple of days ago. This is game two, Denver versus the Grizzlies, and Grizzlies already stole game one. And apparently Mitchell's coming back for game two. So, like, that was the one I was most off. I thought, okay, you know, like the, the Grizzlies are rolling. I'll say that the Jazz by, like, three. It was nine and a half. And, and, and they came out with Donovan Mitchell and blew them out. Yeah. Like, Mitchell had no rust, making all the buckets, and, and they've completely dominated. I mean, the Jazz, as hot as the Grizzlies were ending Steph's season and playing so good at the end of the year with a dominant point guard, and then for the for the Jazz to assert themselves like that, just bam, 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 and have no sweat with beating yeah. them, that was impressive. Donovan Mitchell is another guy I would put in that category with all those guys because he's a guy that was averaging 30 points a game and was in the MVP conversation before he got hurt. So – He's another guy maybe you can buy low now because they're going to make a run in Utah in the playoffs. So coming up, we got our Instagram lives. We're actually looking to pivot to, to Instagram live land. I, I am back to California here, the, the home base. It's mm-hmm. been a good time at the homeland in Indiana, but California is home now. And we got the desk going with all the cards, the magnification lamp. We got every single one of our purchases here for Cousin Sal. And we're ready to jump back on Instagram live and show what these card wars purchases are looking like. Yeah, we are. Uh, we're just going to submit uh, our next submission to HEA and get those sent to them. Hopefully, we'll get uh, some back. We probably won't get them back for a little while. Um, and then as soon as we get them back, we'll show them to you guys, and then we'll send them to the Nationals. So Caleb and I are excited to get things going. I still got a couple cards coming, um, and we're going to try to submit whatever we submit. 
um, and and go from there and see if we can make Cousins House some money. Enjoy the playoffs. It's going to be a great run here up to the Nationals. Of course, it is on. We will be there. Hybridgrading.com, as well as our man Jimmy from the Kentucky Roadshow Shop. We are looking to make a great team effort here in Chicago. We can't wait for it. Card Wars Season 1. Who's going to win with this 10,000 large? And until next time, may all your rookie cards be gems.